Saint Telemachus. He was a fourth century monk, and uh, he sensed God calling him to Rome. I didn't quite understand why he should go, but he sensed the pressure to go. So he packed all his belongings, the few that he had in a little satchel, threw it over his shoulder, and he headed down the dusty westward roads to Rome. When he got to Rome, the city was in commotion. People were running everywhere. It was a big day. Today was a day where gladiators were going to fight other gladiators as well as animals. Everyone was headed to the amphitheater. Telemachus sensed this is possibly why God called me to Rome. So he followed the, gra- the crowd to the amphitheater and he sat down among 80,000 people who cheered as the gladiators came out saying, Hail Caesar! We die to the glory of Caesar! Telemachus, sitting there, thought to himself, Here we are, four centuries after Christ, in a civilized nation, and people are killing one another for the entertainment of the crowd. <laughs> this certainly is not Christian. He got up out of his seat, ran down the steps, climbed over the little wall, and walked out into the center of the amphitheater floor. He walked out right in the midst of those two gladiators, put his hands up, and said, In the name of Christ, stop. Well, the crowd, they laughed and jeered. That One of the gladiators took his sword, and with the side of it, he slapped Telemachus in the stomach. He whirled off into the dust, but he got up again. And he stood between those two huge gladiators. And he said, in the name of Christ, stop! This time the crowd yelled, run him through! The gladiator took his sword and he ran it through Telemachus' stomach. He fell to the floor of the amphitheater. And the sand turned red from his blood. And one last time he meekly cried out, in the name of Christ, stop! He died there on the amphitheater floor. Silence came over the crowd. Within minutes, those 80,000 people emptied out of the amphitheater. History records that that was the last gladiatorial contest in the history of the Roman Empire. Saint Telemachus changed the course of history. So can you. So can we. Get reflective with me for a moment and answer this question. When I die, what would I like people to remember about me? Of St. Telemachus, we remember that he was bold. He was available. He changed the course of history. He left a legacy. What about you? What do you want people to remember about you? Now, this isn't just a question for our graduating seniors this morning. This is a question for all of us in the audience today. Yes, you know, graduating from high school, it's it's an exciting time. There's reflection over your high school career. There's a, a looking forward to the future to, in a sense, get out there and do something with your life. But you see, I think all of us in the audience today, if we are honest, we would say, I want my life to count. In fact, like Telemachus, I want to leave a legacy. Well, what is a legacy? A legacy is a gift. A legacy is something of value received from an ancestor, a a predecessor, or from the past. A legacy is a valuable, often life-changing gift that outlives the giver. If it's true that we all aspire to leave a legacy, 
then how to leave a legacy, that question begs to be answered. And I think the best way for us to answer that question this morning is to investigate the life of one who's left a legacy. This morning I want to do that. I want to investigate the life of of two what I call legacy leavers. Our first legacy leaver this morning, his name is Adoniram. Adoniram Judson graduated first in his class from Brown University at the age of 19. A year later, after tragedy in his life, it resulted in an incredible commitment to Christ. Two years later, he accepted the call to go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. In the early 1800s, he married Nancy Hasseltine, and he was ordained for ministry. He went from the coast of Massachusetts for India. He was rejected there, so he pursued the open door at Burma. He went there with one purpose, to translate the Bible. On the way to Rangoon, Burma, he and Nancy's first child was born, but it was born dead. When he and Nancy arrived, one, catch this, 100% of the people in Burma were either Buddhist or animist. They had never, ever heard of a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Adoniram felt the best way to help these people was to get a Bible in their hands. Well, they had their work cut out for him. He and Nancy together spent the next ten years just trying to get a handle on this, this complicated Burmese language. They did that without the help of a grammar dictionary or an English-speaking teacher. It took them three years to complete a grammar of the Burmese language. Before long, a son was born to the Judsons. But six months later, he also died. Adoniram went two years before he had an opportunity even to witness. It was six years before his first church service. There were 15 people there and a few children. As I mentioned before, by the sixth year, he had already buried two of his children. And it was the seventh year after leaving America that he baptized his first Burmese convert. Well, let's leave the story of Adoniram there and look at our other legacy leaver this morning. His name is Moses. And we find Moses, we're picking up his story in Deuteronomy 34 this morning. If you want to turn there with me, in Deuteronomy 34, we catch up with Moses as he is nearing the end of his life. And in verse 1 of Deuteronomy 34, it says this, Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the western sea the Negev, and the whole region of the Valley of Jericho, the City of Palms, as far as Zor. Picture Moses. He's standing there at Pisgah Peak. He's reflecting back on everything that has happened in his life since the burning bush to get him to this point. In Hebrews 11, 27, we're told that by faith, He left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw who is invisible. Moses' attention was riveted on the living God rather than on an Egyptian king. And as a result, he chose to venture rather than vegetate. He chose to risk rather than rust. And it brought him all the way to this point, to Pisgah Peak and overlooking the Promised Land. The first characteristic of a legacy leaver I see here is this. They are determined to leave the familiar. Not just willing, 
They are determined to leave the familiar. Think about it. Moses left the wealth of Egypt that he had grown up with for a desert. Adoniram left his home in Massachusetts in his beloved America for a strangely unfamiliar foreign land. I'm reminded of a story that I read of a youth pastor friend of mine. And he started off saying that he could remember a time when he experienced temporary regret. He was driving to San Diego, California to propose to his girlfriend. He says, It was a beautiful Saturday in September. As I drove from Orange County south, romance was in the air. Birds were singing. A warm breeze was coming out of the south. And I was listening to love songs on the radio. He says, I picked up my sweetheart at her college dorm and then searched for a nice shady spot on the lawn. It was there, sitting on the grass at San Diego State, that I did the unthinkable. I asked her to marry me. Her response, he says, was even more unthinkable. She said, yes. He said they spent the next that time there talking about details and dates and all that stuff. But one memory that stands out to him, he says, is the drive back to Anaheim that evening. He says, all the way home, he wondered. And it was a 92-mile wonder. He wondered, what have I done? You idiot. All the single women in the world today are sad because you are no longer eligible. <laughs> he says, I can remember driving along, banging my head against the window, thinking, are you crazy? Do you know what you've done? You've just forfeited your entire future. In other words, he had a few regrets. Some serious second thoughts about what he had done. He's quick to say that he's married to the right woman, that he never regretted marrying Judy, but the weight of that decision really hit him on the drive. was the uncertainty of his future experience compared to his present experience. He reflects, I'd never been married. I hadn't experienced it up to that point. My life as a single guy was just fine. I enjoyed watching out for myself, not being responsible for anyone else. Now something new was around the corner, and even if that something new was better, I wasn't sure I wanted it. It was still scary, and yet unproved. There was uncertainty about what married life would bring. All he could see was a single life dying. Change is difficult, isn't it? Courageous decision-making changes lives. Many people would rather stay stuck in their predictable routines, not legacy leavers. They are determined to leave the familiar. Do you want to be a legacy leaver? My question for you this morning is what's holding you back from leaving the familiar? In 1824, a war broke out between Burma and the English government in India. And all white foreigners fell under suspicion. And when the Civil War broke out, Adoniram was taken captive by the rebel forces and he was thrown into a Burmese prison. He languished in that death prison for a year and a half as his uh, health failed under the attacks of Indian fever. And even as he was held prisoner, every night he faithfully continued his translation work that his wife Nancy had smuggled into him in a pillowcase. Some stories say that he was even hung upside down while in prison, yet he continued to do his work under all of that torture and those terrible conditions. Well, he was finally released because he was needed to be a translator to negotiate peace for Burma. And, and with the English. Back to Moses. 
We find him standing there on Pisgah Peak. And in verse 4, the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I will let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. As I think back to what got Moses to this point, I see the second characteristic of a legacy lever, and I see it in the life of Adoniram as well. It's this. They are willing to do the unusual. Willing to do the unusual. Think about it. By faith, Moses did what had never been done before. Moses was God's instrument for parting the Red Sea and leading the Israelites through it. And what about all the other miracles? The ten plagues. Nothing similar to these events that ever occurred in human history. But without tradition to fall back on, Moses was willing to do the unusual. He was willing to obey God even to the point of being misunderstood and being ridiculed. The unusual that Adoniram was willing to do, we already heard about. To continue on after losing two of his children. To go to prison. To admit to torture, have his Bible translation smuggled in so he could continue to work on it. That's just not your usual run-of-the-mill daily activity. Legacy leavers are willing to do the unusual. The key application question for you here is this. What about my life is keeping me from being willing to do the unusual? Shortly after being released from prison, Adoniram's wife Nancy died of a serious illness. And Adoniram was so beside himself that, that he pulled himself out of ministry for a short time. And he would go to her grave and he would sit there and he would journal things like, God, where are you? He went through a very serious depression. But he came out of that and he remarried. He buried two more children and his second wife. But Adoniram continued on in ministry. By the time he was in his mid-50s, he contracted such a terrible case of tuberculosis that he was dying. In our story of Moses this morning, we see that he is also dying. Look at verse 5 of, of Deuteronomy 34. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for, Moab, or for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did what the Lord had commanded Moses. I want you to see verse 5 again. It says, and Moses, the servant of the Lord. And I want you to see it in the story of Adoniram as well. It says, he remarried, buried two more children, and then buried his second wife as well, but Adoniram continued his ministry. Do you see it? Do you hear it? It's the third characteristic of a legacy lever. They are driven to be involved as a servant. Driven 
to be involved as a servant. Moses died at the age of 120, yet his eyesight was great. He was as strong as ever. Keep in mind, even at the beginning of the story with Moses, we saw him climbing up Mount Nebo to Pisgah Peak, a mountain that's nearly a mile high. That's after wandering around in the desert for 40 years. What's my point? My point is Moses did not allow himself to grow old, just sitting on the sidelines watching life go by. He was driven to be involved as a servant. As a result, he matured with grace. He chose to deepen his relationship with God, to strengthen his service to the people, and as a result and a byproduct, he even multiplied himself in the life of Joshua. There's kind of a funny little story about a prairie chicken who one day found this egg. It was abandoned for some reason, and he sat on it. And unbeknownst to the prairie chicken, he was sitting on an abandoned eagle egg. And that's how an eagle came to be born into a family of prairie chickens. Now, eagles, as you may know, as you do know, are an incredible bird, a fine bird. They soar among the clouds. They're awesome. They're incredible to look at. On the other hand, prairie chickens, they don't even know how to fly. In fact, they're so lowly that they just kind of run around, clucking around and pecking at garbage. Well, predictably, the little eagle raised in the family of prairie chickens thought he was a prairie chicken. And so he kind of went around clucking and pecking at garbage and doing what prairie chickens do. Well, one day he looked up and he saw this majestic bald eagle soaring and churning. And he asked his family, what's that? And I said, oh, that's a bald eagle, but you can never be that. You're just a prairie chicken. And they went back to pecking at their garbage. Well, that eagle spent his whole life looking up at eagles, longing to join them in the clouds, It never once occurred to him to lift his wings and try to fly. That poor little eagle died thinking he was just a prairie chicken. What's the point? The point is you and I were made to fly. But a lot of us, we think and we act like prairie chickens because that's what the world keeps telling us that we are. You want to be a legacy lever? Then stop sitting back, pecking at garbage. Get up and serve. Get up and serve. Legacy leavers are driven to be involved as servants. The key application question for you here is this. What am I currently serving that will outlast my life? Or what am I living for that will outlast my life? Well, in his early 60s, upon doctor's orders, Adoniram went out to sea in the hope of improving his health. He left his third wife and remaining children on shore. And on April 12, 1850, Adoniram Judson died while out at sea on a French vessel. He was buried at sea. No headstone. No fanfare. No casket. No plaque. In total anonymity, he was slipped overboard into the Indian Ocean. At the time of his death, there was merely a handful of Burmese converts. Were the years and years of faithful, seemingly unrewarded service to God worth all the sacrifice? You know, in our day and age, mission boards would have most likely pulled him home. Adoniram stayed. 
Today, we would call Adoniram's behavior obsessive-compulsive. Back then, they called his, de- his determination passion for the cause of Christ. He experienced few results and very little rewards for his work. In fact, during his faithful service at Burma, he even lost all support from the states and was left high and dry at times. What about Moses? Look at verse 10. Since then, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face, who did all those miraculous signs and wonders the Lord sent him to do in Egypt, to Pharaoh and to all his officials and to his whole land. For no one has ever shown the mighty power or performed the awesome deeds that Moses did in the sight of all Israel. The final characteristic of a legacy lever is they are devoted to knowing God intimately. The application question for you here is this. Simply, but not so simply. What's keeping me from knowing God intimately? I know these are hard questions. I ask them myself as I ask them of you. If we don't ask each other hard questions, we won't change. If we don't ask our church hard questions, it won't change. What is it? What's keeping you from knowing God intimately? Not just sin, specifically. It says God spoke to other prophets in dreams and visions, but God spoke to Moses face to face. Now obviously, we know that no one could, could literally see God face to face this side of heaven and live to tell about it. The phrase face to face suggests spiritual communion and intimacy. It describes God's straightforward and deep communication with Moses. We saw that intimate relationship back in verse 5 and 6. It said, And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord said, He buried him. Whoa, wait a second. Who buried him? Amazing. God buried him. Wow, what an honor. What a legacy. Moses was a legacy lever. He was determined to leave the familiar. He was willing to do the unusual. He was driven to be involved as a servant. He was devoted to knowing God intimately. And what a legacy. There has never been another prophet like Moses whom the Lord knew face to face. It was through Moses that the Lord demonstrated His mighty power and terrifying acts in all of Israel. But don't forget, Moses was merely a man. Like you, like me, like Adoniram. But you may be tempted, as you've listened to his story this morning, to ask, Adoniram, was it worth it? I mean, really, did your commitment matter? An acquaintance of mine told me that while at recently attending an international youth workers conference in Burma, the leader of the conference allowed him to look at his Burmese Bible. The Bible was in the southeast, uh, language of Southeast Asia. It contained a bunch of squiggles. It didn't make a whole lot of sense to, to an English-speaking American. But as he flipped through it and browsed, he saw one page, only one page, that had any English at all. It was the very first page, and it read, translated by the Reverend A. Judson. Adoniram had completed his scripture translation in the course of his life. He was such a perfectionist that unlike many translations done today, his has stood the test of time. For 175 years, the same translation has been used in that country. 
When my friend asked the leader of the Myanmar Evangelical Christian Fellowship about Adoniram Judson, he broke down crying. Not because he knew him personally, but because of the legacy that this man had left behind because of his commitment to Christ and to the cause. Check this out. The man said, in Burma, there are over six million Christians today, and every single one of them traces their spiritual heritage back to Adoniram Judson. What a legacy. What a legacy. Seniors, don't fall for the temptation of building your own legacy. Whether it's a vocation or whether it's a ministry, it will fail. Sooner or later, it will fail. Choose now instead to be determined to leave the familiar. Willing to do the unusual driven to be involved as a servant in the body that that God calls you to at college or if you're staying here in this body. Be devoted to knowing God intimately. These two men, they didn't set out to build their own legacy. They simply humbly obeyed. Do you want to be legacy leavers? Seniors, underclassmen, children, adults. If so, then the overarching question is this. Are you currently living in a way that will cultivate the legacy God has called you to leave? That's really the ultimate question this morning. Am I currently living in a way that will cultivate the legacy God is calling me to leave? If not, why not? What's holding you back from leaving the familiar? What about your life is keeping you from being willing to do the unusual? What are you currently serving or, or living for that will outlast your life? And what's keeping you from knowing God intimately? I want you to reflect on these questions as, as the guys, if you would come, as they come to sing. But even more than just reflecting, I would ask you to do much more. I would ask that you would act on the things the Holy Spirit has impressed on your heart as you take time to personally answer these questions. In fact, I'm going to ask, don't put your attention on these guys. They don't really need your attention. They need you to let them lead you into really thinking about these questions and the words of of this song. Prayerfully do business this morning.